Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to Spoiler Season, War of the Spark, episode 11. Thanks for uh, all the support that our sponsors give us. Uh, our sponsors, the show is brought to you by New England Comics, who you can find out on Facebook at NEC Coolidge, and Flipside Gaming, who you can find at flipsidegaming.com. So Katie, we have uh, you know quite a few cards to go through tonight, but it's going to be a fun adventure. Um, I'm going to have, uh, we're going to get started with some of the bonds, the last three bonds from lovely, the bond cycle. Lovely, lovely. The guild's teaming up, trying to fight off Nicol Bolas. Nicky B. That's right, we get some cool new uh, symbols for the alliances here, for the bonds. Nifty. We're going to start ourselves off with a bond of insight. Okay, this is blue three, sorcery. Each player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Return up to two instant or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Exile bond of insight. What do you think of this one? Is it exciting to you? Um, um, no. Um, yeah, I guess it's like, okay, it's like, okay, let's see. Compare to similar cards in order to assess. Sure. At four mana in blue, it's four mana. Draw, hopefully, two instants and sorceries mm -hmm. from your graveyard. At four mana in blue, in the past we've had Glimmer of Genius and Chem currently we have Chemist's Insight. So Glimmer let you scry mm -hmm. and Chemist's has flash or jumpstart. Mm -hmm. um, and they're both instants. And they're both instants. So this loses on the instant axis, but it does specifically get instance and sorceries like you have a bit more sort of choice as long as you have a good way to fill your graveyard like mm -hmm. this just puts the top four i mean at worst it's look at the top four cards of your library and get two instance and or sorceries mm -hmm. sure um but yeah you could have more choice if you have more ways to fill your graveyard if for some reason you can't keep stuff in your graveyard this could be really bad yeah i think the sorcery like to using it just as the in the kind of value role that you're talking about seems a little iffy because it feels like a control deck would be the one that wants to use that but it's tricky to do because it's a sorcery right. uh, and you need to be really you only i think want this in the mirror or late in the game like yeah. it's just pretty terrible early and even late it's not great when you have tool access to tools like Iskanta and chemistry's right. insight which you when mentioned. you see someone casting a main phase glimmer or insight you're like sweet they don't have like lands, lands. or tools like and like, this card doesn't get you lands right yeah so i do think though like the only place i can see this is you're in a dedicated mill deck you're in a dedicated like you want to mill yourself fill your graveyard to do something and then this can help you this becomes like four mana search library for any two instant sorceries right. put them into your hand and that's significantly better so i could see playing you know two of these in that specific deck which doesn't currently exist but that would be it okay next is bond of revival this is black four sorcery oh that's a sweet symbol <laughs> it's the yeah ractos Golgari. Yeah, blended together. It does look really good. Yeah. The Rakdos thing has, like, claws coming out of its eyes. And, yeah, it looks yeah, it's totally pretty, freaky. It's awesome. Pretty metal. Uh, <laughs> so this is Black Forest Sorcery. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste until your next turn. Notably does not require you to sacrifice it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So it's this is uh, for our new uh, reanimation-y deck. Yeah, I think this is actually, this is the best of the bonds. And this one is constructed playable. A reanimation effect for five mana that gives it haste is is pr pretty uncommon for a standard. Uh, most stuff, you're looking to bring something powerful back with an ETB that's really strong. But this, ideally, I mean, you can still do that. But this one's going to attack. So you can bring back Ilharg if you want, right? Get that attack in, cheat something else in, uh, and then it stays around. So it's just really a really good tool for a reanimator deck. Um so what other things like are in a reanimator? Like what other things do we have that reanimate yeah, right now? Oh, because uh, like this can't just be thrown into like any deck. Yeah, there's connive concoct. Okay. Concoct is like blue black three. So the connive uh, side yeah. gains control of a creature with power two or less. Concoct is like blue black three, surveil three, then return a creature from graveyard to the battlefield. So I think bond is probably the is just better. Like I think often you're gonna want bond because of the haste. Uh, only in the case where you're really just looking for an ETB is concoct superior. But 
I imagine you'll play like four bond and then I don't know if you you'll test and find out what the right number of other reanimation spells are. But bond just feels great. I just like still so I I know it's a good uh, what's it called reanimator spell, but it's hard to picture a reanimation deck because your reanimation spells start on turn five. So like they often do though. In standard, in standard. So, but what do you do right. up until then? You just well, mill about, and hope that you don't die. Well, think about like the and then you get the last time we had creature. a reanimator deck in standard was the blue black, uh, you know, generously called Sultai blue right. black reanimator deck in standard that happened right? to have Ishkana. That had Ishkana because that was a great reanimation target and you always yeah. had Delirium. But you would, you know, early you would play a couple of things just to like buy you a little bit of time, fill up your graveyard, right? You chart a course. Uh, you you know when red became more popular you started running gifted etherborns to just delay but primarily yeah you went like all right let's just hope i can live until five and like maybe i'll play a little bit of disruption or something that like a creature right that comes in mills yourself and then can chump block right or maybe trade with something so you just need to survive and then if you go off like you should presumably catch up very efficiently Mm. Um, and we're seeing a lot of mill cards that are cards that do mill yourself as well so We'll see if something comes together, but I think it has it has potential here. And like in a reanimation deck like that, how many off color reanimation targets can you include? It depends a little bit on how good the discard is, because mm-hmm. if you ever draw a spell like that that you can't cast, you need to be able to dump it out of your hand. So cards like Charticorse are super important. Oath of Jace was a really important card. Uh, I, I can't think. The Charticorse primarily is the one that I, I'm thinking of it's right now. It's tormenting a voice. We too do risky. have tormenting voice as well. Um, and that's Are there any reasonable. Looters? looters. Like looting, like, you know, we had, I don't know. No. Yeah, looters, looters are a little awkward. Like, you generally want to do it with spells because you don't want to play your creature and have it die and then, like, right. <laughs> you know, that's that kind of stinks. But, uh, yeah, we have, like, a, we have enough pieces to certainly try to build something. It's just going to be a matter of whether it's good enough. And we're getting some real solid payoffs, right? Like, Ilhark is great. Just a really strong card. Um, people are talking about, you know, bringing Ilharg back and then using Tetsamok, right? Old Tetsamok, who we kind of mm-hmm. forgot about. But every time you bring Tetsamok in, it kills everything with fate counters or with whatever counters on it. So, you know, pretty pretty neat. Bonner Revival could, pray, like... Prey counters. Prey counters, that's it. Uh, so this is one of the cards in this set, and there are many that could actually just spawn entirely new archetypes in Standard um, rather than just kind of add to what we already have um, as the last set did. Next, we have Bond of Passion, Red Red 4, Sorcery. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. Bond of Passion deals 2 damage to any other target. That last sentence is so random. It's just like, mm, it's not quite enough for 6 mana to just deal a creature. We'll just, like, deal 2 damage anywhere. Yeah, so, you know, we'll do Active Treason, and then Shock costs red. So, instead of just adding red and making it 4 mana, let's make it 6 mana. By adding a shock onto an act of treason. This card is really bad. Uh, I, I don't think... I think, like, it's actually slightly playable, depending on what deck you are playing in Limited and what the, like, metagame in Limited ends up looking like. Because this potentially has the ability to, like, kill... You know, remove two blockers and kill them. Um, right. But it's... I mean, it's so expensive. Yeah. And so bad at what it does. I just have a hard time imagining I would regularly choose to play this. Yeah. Yeah. But remove two blockers and get a large hasty threat. Like M- Maybe remove two blockers. Well, two at least remove only. one. And then yeah. maybe... Shoot them in the face and yeah, kill the a planeswalker. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Yeah. All right. Well, next is a card we're excited about. Ugin the Ineffable. This is a six mana planeswalker. Colorless, you know as Ugin is, four loyalty, static ability, colorless spells you cast, costs two less. So it's Eye of Ugin, but expanded to all colorless spells. And Plus it's not one. a land, because Eye of Ugin Eye only... Ugin was the ability. That was the Eye of Ugin ability. Was... Wait, how did Eye of Ugin work? Eldrazi, colorless Eldrazi spells cost two less to cast. Oh, it wasn't like... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking Eldrazi Temple. Oh, yeah, no, not Temple. That Eye oh. was the... More broken of oh, the two. Now I remember why I was broken. Yeah. Right? Like, I have Ugin just, it would be like, you, it actually added like 
six mana a turn, right? Yeah. You're like, mimic, mimic, endless one. Like, go. <laughs> uh, Stupid. Okay, okay. Stupid sure. card. All right. so, so, all your colorless spells. Cost two less to cast, including mm. artifacts, which could be relevant. And other Ugins. And other Ugins, that's right. <laughs> uh, plus one, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at it any time. Create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. So this is essentially manifest, but when it dies, it goes back to your hand. They just, you know, are not keywording. Another example of them bringing back a mechanic, but spelling it out. And then minus three, destroy target permanent. That is one or more colors. So you can blow up planeswalkers with this as well, which is sweet. What do you think? Um... So a nice, I think a nice execution of like a rare Ugin. Uh, it feels like it does a lot in for standard. I think that the colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast is probably not going to be super relevant uh, because just generally that ability cost reduction is something you want early, not late. So probably not ideal uh, for the static, but just the plus one, you know, plus oneing to get a two two every turn plus card advantage. And then the minus three to kill anything that you want, right? That's just a really powerful ability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, the first time I read the minus three, mm -hmm. I didn't realize, like, I thought it could only destroy multicolored permanents, but mm. it's just any colored permanent. Right. One or more colors. Right. This feels just like a really good top end threat, right? Like, for a mid range deck, you play this and this card, it's kind of, it compares well to Vraska. Uh, Rask Relic Seeker. Yeah, I mean, so I think one of the problems, though, for it is going to be, um, like, if you need to tick down immediately and it's at one, like, the question is going to be how many random ways are there to deal one damage to this in, like, standard or different formats, right? Like, if you can um, Chain Whirler, Ugin Away, or Fanatical Firebrand, or, like, if there's some other way to just deal random one to the Planeswalker... Then six mana destroy one permanent is pretty bad. But like you, I mean, all the the things you're citing are red, right? And like generally six drops against red, they're not ideal. But they're like I don't know if I'm playing Ugin against red, what I don't know what I'm minusing to kill. I'm probably just making two twos to block with. I'm probably just taking up. That's usually the play pattern with Frasca. That's true. Sometimes you know you'll kill an experimental frenzy or something, and then it's well worth it. <laughs> um, but I think that you know a lot of planeswalkers, you know, to Fury as well. When you minus to Fury, he goes down to one, right? Um, but the the mix of plus one draw card, right, generate some kind of value. Minus three, kill something. Even if it does go down to one. You know, I think that's okay. I think that uh, there's not enough incidental one damage to anything in the format. Um, the two that you mentioned specifically are red, and they're always there. And yes, that's one of the, the benefits of them, but I don't think it's enough to, to really mitigate the strength of, of this card. I think it's pretty solid. And for uh, eternal formats, for like modern, uh, I don't know. I have a hard time understanding where this would be played in modern. Like, people have mentioned Tron, but... In Tron... They just have more powerful things and not a lot of slots for yeah, threats. Yeah, because Tron... Right? 6 and 7 is the same. 6 equals 7 in Tron, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, because 6 equals 7, um, like, Karn is good enough. I, and unless you... Like, I wasn't... I'm not aware that Tron desperately wants, like, a fifth worse Karn. I don't know. If they do, then sure, you can play Ugin. But I feel like you probably just don't need it. And I don't even know, I don't think, like, people are from the sideboard. I'm not convinced that it plays any kind of role in the sideboard that Karn doesn't just do better, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the cost, again, like, the cost reduction isn't that relevant in Tron. Yeah, you really like, gotta find a way to. Once you're at six, you're probably fine. Yeah. Gotta find a way to do the colorless spells thing. But, like, it just, I, it seems really hard to break that because yeah. you'd have to cheat this in really early. And then if you're doing that, why are you not just cheating in something, something else? Something really better, early? yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's Ugin. You know what I'm thinking about though, cheating Planeswalker, is if there's a self-mill deck, um, and we also have a lot more Planeswalkers and whatnot at low rarities, low, low CMCs, mm -hmm. uh, another reanimator card that didn't get any attention is, uh, Primeval's Glorious Rebirth, the legendary sorcery, seven mana legendary sorcery from Dominaria that returns all or any number of legendary... Creatures and planeswalkers, I think, from the graveyard, your graveyard to the battlefield. 
for seven. So if you have like a self mill reanimator thing, and then you can get some legends out, that's another route you could go. Much more expensive, but a route you could go. Spicy. Yeah. Next we have Blast Zone. Nice. This is the land. Blast Zone enters the battlefield with a charge counter on it. You can tap to add colorless or pay XX, tap, put X charge counters on Blast Zone. You can pay three, tap, sacrifice Blast Zone, destroy all non-land permanents with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Blast Zone. There you go. So it's a cross between Engineer Explosives and Ratchet Bomb put onto a land. Yep. Powerful. Um, Yep, I think that in standard, if you can afford to play this, depending on, I mean, kind of what your deck's game plan is and how fast it wants to play... If you can afford this, you're probably happy to play it. Like, it just answers stuff cleanly. It's like, oh no, they have a Planeswalker. Well, my lane kills that. That's incredible. Oh, completely. Uh, and could cause, a you know, an uptick in Field of Ruin to become a little more popular again if we get this utility land, the proliferate utility land, mm. if those start seeing some play. Colorless is a real down- downside. You know, the, even the monocolor decks really can't afford colorless lands these days with Chain Whirler and Ventilish Marshall and Tempest Shin. Right. So... I don't know. Uh, it feels like the two color decks are the ones best able to fit, you know, colorless lands into them. Hilarious. But we don't really have, like... If you're going to go two colors, why not three? Exactly, right? Your green-black, play Sultai. Your blue-white, play Esper, right? Yeah. Like you're, I mean, like, I we know. have the best mana that we, like, ever have in standard. Yeah, it's really good. So, yeah. But I, I really like that, like, it comes in with one counter, and you can, like, pay XX over the course of turns mm-hmm. so you can never decrease the blast counters like if you put on too many you can't unless you have a way to take counters off that's true if you have a way to take counters off but like but you sort of We're have a little see bit later. of flexibility later tonight in fact so. okay but yeah um and proliferate allows you to do this right like free increase the counters if you don't have the kind of mana mm-hmm. to get that x up so i, I do kind of like that like it's growing it's growing it's a threat on board yeah. maybe people are going to try and like play around it because yeah. yeah, again, threat of activation is huge. Exactly. Because they're going to try to get you to pop it on something else so that they can play what they really want. And I, the thing I really liked about Blast Zone is that it can jump multiple counters with one activation. Because mm-hmm. Ratchet Bomb is so oh, frustrating It's sometimes. so painful. So painful. So, yeah, I think Blast Zone is sweet. Uh, certainly could see play in Eternal formats as well. Um, a deck like, you know, Colorless Eldrazi maybe will want to play this over one of its other utility lands. I don't know. Uh, this is a pretty powerful effect especially to have main board uh, because the ability to deal with things like ensnaring bridge oh. on a land in game one is just really good normally decks just fold like you have like this is a great answer to just any random thing that you you can't really deal with in game one um in modern because there are so many so many different angles of attack so i'm a big fan of, of blossom that's cool next is Planar Celebration, which is green, green, five, sorcery. Choose four. You can choose the same mode more than once. Create a 2-2 citizen creature token that has all colors. Presumably that is all colors. Uh, Put a permanent card from your graveyard, or return a permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Proliferate. Gain four life. Okay. Uh, Seven mana is a ton, but I think this is super cool. I don't think I've played before with a card where you can choose modes multiple times mm. like it just feels like a lot like it stacks like um what was that other card they printed recently it was like plus three plus three yeah yeah and, but it's just said it three times it was right like, plus three plus three, target target plus three, plus three. Target target. Yep. and you were like oh you put these all in the same creature and suddenly it's massive like, yeah or you can spread it out like that was a super fun card and it turned out to be kind of good yeah i think because it was an instant but bounty of might i think yeah something like that it yeah. was that was a great card. So um, this one's more expensive, uh, but that's you know you're playing for the flex. You're paying for the flexibility. Totally, um, and it's what makes it so good. Flexibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't know that it's. I mean, I it's definitely not standard playable. It's just way too expensive. Yes. Um, I I still think this is worthwhile and limited. Um, I think I'm really happy to play this in limited, assuming that games are going to go to to this length. This card just seems great. Returning Planeswalkers, I think particularly returning Planeswalkers to your hand. Like, the strong card advantage Ooh. mode, right? Where, like, you're in the late game, 
what do you do? You want to refuel. Oh, let's just return my three or four best creatures and planeswalkers to my hand. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Proliferate the planeswalkers you have. If you just need a little more time, you can gain 16 life with this card. <laughs> uh, there's just like, you can do kind of stupid things. You can proliferate a bunch. like just, And then there's every combination of these, right? It's just right. really, really good, I think. That's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's planar celebration expensive, but probably worth it in limited. Cool. Uh, next we have, oh, we have Ashiok stuff. I'm so excited. As for those of you who don't know, Ashiok is one of my favorite planeswalkers. I uh, played Ashiok in standard. In fact, <clears throat> Katie was uh, the one who got me, purchased my Ashioks for me as a gift when we were first dating. In Probably undergrad. one of the best presents I ever got you. Still remember. Still remember it. It's beautiful. A little bit better than like a balloon or something. You know, yeah. you just gave me a balloon for my birthday. <laughs> uh, so we have the Ashiok signature spell, which is Ashiok Skulker, which is blue four for a three five nightmare, of course. And you can pay blue three Ashiok Skulker can't be blocked this turn. Card seems oh. okay. Yeah, it's, it's a five pretty mana. chunky unblockable. Yeah, but it's like the, it is, and that's what I, is the appeal to me, but I'm just not super thrilled about like the base rate, the five mana three five. Yeah. I mean, we play like five mana two fives or five mana three fives in limited, but they have reach or they have hex proof. <laughs> so they're like meant to block. This is kind of, it blocks okay and it attacks okay with the investment. It's too um, bad it doesn't have vigilance. A little expensive. Yeah, not really in blue. Uh, but yeah. I, I do think the card is decent, and I'll, I'm ha probably pretty happy to play it because it does let you close out games. Yeah, I was going to say, like, e even if it's, like, a little overpriced, it'll win games. Like, Unblockable can just be a real pain in limited. Like, yeah, and depending it deals on, with Planeswalkers. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But, yeah, especially depending on the kind of removal you find, like, five toughness might be really hard for you yeah. to deal with outside of combat. Sure. I think having one or two of these at the top of your curve is completely reasonable for limited. And it's a common, so you'll be able to get one if you want. Mm -hmm. All right, and now we have Ashiok Dream Render. Hybrid blue-black, hybrid blue-black one. Legendary Planeswalker Ashiok, five loyalty. Static ability. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search their library. Minus one. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Then exile each opponent's graveyard. Lots to unpack here. Yeah, yeah. Three mana planeswalker, five loyalty, solid. Only Spells and abilities. Down, that's okay. It takes down minus one. <laughs> you can use it four or five times if you want to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search your library. So, this shuts off fetch lands in modern. Um, it shuts off against like Amulet Titan. It shuts off Pact. Uh, it shuts off Titan. as uh, actually a, a triggered ability. It just shuts off a lot of stuff. And. Uh, it de keep in mind, it is only opponents. So, like, if you field to ruin your opponent, they still do get to search for a land. Uh, so, shuts off things like that. That's cool. Second, the tick down. You can exile opponents' graveyards for minus one, and you can do it repeatedly. So, it's a repeated Nile Spellbone. Kind of doesn't replace itself. So, maybe a repeated Tormod's Crypt, we'll say. But also, Mills 4. And the Mill 4, you'll note, does not have to be your opponent. If you mill yourself, you can still blow up your opponent's graveyard. And and that works. So really cool. You get to fill your own graveyard and exile theirs. I don't think Ashok is a main board card for modern, but it does feel like it's a pretty decent sideboard card. Uh, I, you know, like maybe a little too. I don't know if three is too much, but like in the Death Shadow Mirror, mm. I'm, I, you know, I'd bring this in. You get to bring it in and play it on turn three if you're on the play. Draw probably a little too slow, but so maybe it, then it's just not good enough. It's only good on the play, but it shuts off. You know almost the whole mana base. I mean, there's 10 fetches out of their 17 lands. Um, and then it exiles a graveyard, shuts off Angler, shuts off Snap, shuts off Jays. Uh, it's just, it does a lot for a three-mana investment. So yeah, I like Ashiok. Uh, for standard... Helps your Angler. It does. For standard, you can, again, run this. You know, I know Phoenix isn't so much around anymore, but if there's a reanimator deck, mm. right... This card is both wants to be in the reanimator deck and against the reanimator deck. It helps you to mill yourself. That's hilarious. Yeah, if you tick down four times, right, this is 16 cards you that you're milling in your deck. Times? Four, four times, yeah. Uh, and you also get to nuke your opponent's graveyard anytime they get close to reanimating. So 
Ashiok, it just feels like, you know, there are a lot of times where when you order for your opponent to execute their game plan, they first have to kill Ashiok. And that can be hard if you're also hindering their game plan. So what we're seeing, I think, in this set is you're seeing a lot of very, like, reasonably pushed but very niche cards. And Ashiok, I think, is another example of this. So big fan of Ashiok Dream Render. Yeah, yeah. It's true. He's, he's staying true to his uh, character. Uh, we, well, we only have one card for Ashok, yeah. and we know that Ashok likes nightmares and whatnot, and sure, bringing sure. things alive, but, so the unable to search thing feels a little weird, especially because that's also, well, we've seen it in white, and we've seen it in blue-black, so, eh, I guess it's fine, uh, for color pie-wise, but it does I don't know if it's, it's very much like Ashok, the minus one feels a little more similar, because you're exiling stuff. Uh, from the graveyard and that's like well you're milling them first so you're making them go lose their mind and then i don't know it's okay it, i mean it, like it's tough to design state i think if i were designing ashiok i think i told you what i would do right if i knew ashiok was gonna be an uncommon i would have it be ashiok hybrid blue black hybrid blue black one and then the static would be you may cast creature spells exiled with ashiok and it would be five loyalty minus two would be target player exiles the top three cards of their library and then, uh, or that might be a little bit too strong, so maybe Excel's the top two cards in the library or something like that. So you get to use it twice, and then you can cast stuff with it, and, you know, you get some card advantage. Uh, might be too pushed. You can probably turn some knobs on in terms of loyalty and how many cards you're exiling, but seem, that's how I would do it, to, in keeping with the character. In keeping with, yeah, the last yeah. card that we saw. But I still like this. This is a cool card. Yeah, super cool. Uh, and it still does, like, it feels hateful enough to be Ashok, I think. So, I don't yeah, know, I yeah. like it, I like it. Uh, next we have Spark Harvest, just single black sorcery as an additional cost to cast the spell. Sacrifice a creature or pay black three, so it could be five mana total, or it could be black and a creature. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Wow. So this is wow. This is pretty cool. It's like bone splinters, but on some some roids because it can kill planeswalkers now. Oh, right. So, or Planeswalker. Yeah. Under P. So if there's an Aristocrats deck. Oh, yeah. I imagine they play this. Um, it's like free. Yeah. The question is like whether you value mana or instant speed more. Mm -hmm. Because last time Bone Splinters was in standard, it didn't really see play, and we had an Aristocrats deck. Huh. So I like. But this killing planeswalkers is really quite an upgrade to bone splinters. Uh, so depending on the prevalence of planeswalkers in standard, I imagine that this probably would get the pick over um, something that you know is instant speed more expensive. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. We have an instant speed that's relatively cheap. That is a good answer for creatures and planeswalkers. Neither. That's why, you're, like, I think that you have to figure out if your deck cares about both. Like, are there enough planeswalkers? that are relevant enough to your game plan that you need to be able to kill them. Because if not, this is black, you know, destroy a creature. And then if right. that's what you're doing, well, is cast down better? Maybe that's an instant, it's one more mana. Uh, we'll see, I don't know. So that's really the question. Is okay. like how bad, depending on the deck's game plan, can you afford to ignore planeswalkers? How badly do you want to answer them? Um, and like kind of where does this fit in your shell? Fascinating. Mm -hmm. So that's Spark Harvest. Next is Hwatli's Raptor, which is green-white for a 2-3 dinosaur with vigilance. When Hwatli's Raptor enters the battlefield, proliferate. Hwatli, the flavor text, Hwatli's got a little Nissa going on. <sighs> Ixalan's essence never left Hwatli's heart. Oh, God. Yeah, Hwatli's uh, Nissa in training. Next, she's going to be like, Ashaya, Ashaya of Ixalan. <laughs> This looks like a good card, though. I mean, yeah, it's great two card. mana, two three above curve with vigilance and proliferate, like solid. This is this is this is just trampling over all of those uh, normal two two bears. Yeah, it does, it's a great blocker. It's a great attacker. It has upside when it comes down, so it's reasonable late and it's reasonable early. Uh, checks all the boxes. I'm pretty sure if you're in green white, you're very happy to put this card into your oh, deck yeah. in limited. Yeah, excellent. Next we have. Commence the end game. Great art. Noah Bradley crushing it. Mm, very nice, very nice. Blue, blue, four. Instant. This spell can't be countered. 
Okay. Good text. Good text. I yeah. I can't decide if I. I don't. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I never play counter spells, but mm-hmm. like weirdly, I just don't love seeing that on a spell. Yeah. No. I. I actually. I guess we'll take a brief detour here. I actually agree with you. Like, I think that things that limit interaction are bad, right? So, like, as you, everyone knows, I hate hexproof. I think it's a terrible mechanic. But I think that generally, like, I think that you can use things like this very sparingly, like this or hexproof or variants of hexproof very sparingly to to good effect. Um, Like, I thought Ojitai was a really well-designed, oh, yeah. reasonable card. I liked um, it. Dragon Lord Ojitai. And what was the other one? Like, well, Dragon's Lord Prerogative, which couldn't be countered. Yeah. Um, and, like, something on this, you know, this card can't be countered, and we'll talk about it, but if it's not super impactful, you don't feel so bad that it can't be countered. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, stuff like Ojitai is sort of the temporary right. hexproof, right? Or, like, Nullhide Ferox, where, like, yeah. you can pay. So that kind of thing where they're... It's not like a, like, Carnage Tyrant where you can't counter and text proof. Yeah, they're just the worst of everything. It's the worst combination. Like, 7 6 with Trample, too. Cause yeah. Because it that's wasn't good. Yeah. Anyways, yes. So, commence the endgame, blue, blue, four, instant, can't be countered. Um, draw two cards, then amass X, where X is the number of cards in your hand. So, it will be at least amass two, but if you are a blue deck doing its job it will be a mass a little bit more yeah so i think it's pretty safe to assume that this will be you know like a mass five or so well in what format like in limited Standard. you really could be out of cards it's probably a mass sure two. sure in limited yeah uh in limited the cards you know reasonable in standard i i just don't see it like i don't think drawing two cards like if if it were in an instant, it'd be just outright unplayable. At least, I mean, it can't be countered, which is nice, but it's so expensive, yeah. and getting a like a five five is just not. I, Probably not your game just, plan. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what this card is supposed to do. The art is sweet, and uh, I have a hard time imagining or seeing what this is going to do in standard. I would have to agree. Yeah, let's talk about some higher powered cards. Okay. Next we have the Elder Spell. I always thought it was going to be two words, but it's one. Elder the Spell. Elder Spell. Elder Spell. Old. Old Bully casting a spell. Old Bully? Old Bully. Is that, that what you're calling him now? Yeah. Uh, this is Black Black for a sorcery. Destroy any number of target planeswalkers. Choose a planeswalker you control. Put two loyalty counters on it for each Planeswalker destroyed this way. It's wild. Yeah, I, like two mana, destroy any number of target Planeswalkers. Like Insane. Your opponent, let's say they're a super friends deck, right? They have three Planeswalkers. They're feeling pretty good, pretty unbeatable, right? They've sunk, you know, say like three to six mana into each of them. And you're like, black, black, kill them all. Mm-hmm. And mine in the process yeah <laughs> it actually seems like it goes really well in super friends decks where you get to go kill all my planeswalkers except one alt it i win especially if that one is the card we're going to be talking about Bolus. Uh-huh. uh so the the risk here right is this does not kill creatures which means that you need to be killing planeswalkers the base case of black black kill a planeswalker is like that, if you get that value out of it, that's 100% fine. You don't need anything else for this card to be good. Dreadbore is a good card. But Dreadbore also hits creatures. This does not hit creatures, which means depending on what this... So in Limited, you play this because your opponent's going to have Planeswalkers. Yep. Every pack has one, so your opponent will definitely have a couple. Uh, and in Standard, it's either... It, it could be a sideboard card because there might be decks that have a very high density of Planeswalkers. But if there's a deck that just has one or two... I don't think I want this. I want something more flexible. I'd rather have Rascal's Contempt, uh, particularly right, if I'm not getting... sit idle too often. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's just the worst thing in standard. You don't want that to happen. So Elder Spell, really cool design. Uh, feels like a very powerful, impactful card. And what you can do when you can... Because it's got to feel real good when you just kill everything. Oh, it's so Really horrifying. flavorful, yeah. But uh, in terms of playability in constructed formats, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Very niche card again. Next, we have 
uh, art home run as usual by Seb McKinnon. Fantastic art. Very, like, stylistically distinct. Yeah, you just look at the card, you're like, oh, it's Seb. <laughs> like, you immediately know. Yeah. This is Deliver Unto Evil. Black 2, Sorcery. Choose up to four target cards in your graveyard. If you control a Bolas Planeswalker, return those cards to your hand. Otherwise, an opponent chooses two of them. Leave the chosen cards in your graveyard and put the rest into your hand. Exile, Deliver Unto Evil. So, three mana. Pretty cheap for this ability. Uh, this is a nice, um, you know, Gifts Ungiven for the Graveyard. Uh, it's a black version of Gifts Ungiven. I think you can largely ignore that if you control a Bolus, return those cards to your hand. I think that if you control a Bolus, you're pretty well positioned pretty already, I would imagine. So chances are this is often going to just be the uh, Gifts Ungiven for a Yard. And then you have to figure out, well, how am I breaking breaking this, right? You can certainly use it for value, where you just pick four good cards and, you know, you're, you'll you get the worst of the two, but that's fine. You're fine with that. Um, or you say, well, let's build our self-mill deck and let's, like, do something silly with it. Uh, let's choose to do, like, you know, in the late game where you have a decent chunk of mana and you can cast your threats, choose, like, threat, threat, reanimation spell, reanimation spell. And then that's how you do Gifts and Given, right? Is that it do literally doesn't matter what your opponent picks because you win no matter what right. um, with with the Gifts pile. So that seems the like how you would want to use this card. But once again, the card is niche. You can't just put this in any deck. Right. And because it's so niche, it might see no play whatsoever. And if it does see play, it's going to be in that very specific deck and that's it. Right. It'll Which be is good great. in that deck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've done a really good job of designing that kind of card yeah i'd much rather see more cards than like this than cards that are just like generically good always smuggler's like, copter. copter yeah <laughs> just because i was like colorless goes in any deck yeah. just strictly always good so next we have nickel bolus dragon god oh. that's right that's right all, all all hail all hail we got a blue black 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 red for loyalty legendary planeswalker bolus static ability Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, has all loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers on the battlefield. Wow! Spicy! It's incredible. Wow! So I'm sure someone can go and count up what, how many loyalty abilities you could have at max. Oh, that's so right? fun. That'd be fun. Uh, wow. Plus one, you draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. Minus three, destroy target creature or Planeswalker. Minus eight, each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or Planeswalker loses the game. Spicy. Yeah, this card is good. The like, pretty static obviously. static is, like... That the is... static is nuts. Oh, it's so good. I mean, like, it will not always be good, right? Like, if there are not other Planeswalkers, but, like, it's, like, so fun. And it makes it feel really bad for your opponents when they're like, oh, maybe I can play a Planeswalker yeah. and catch up with their Planeswalker. And then they're like, oh, except... I'm giving them more options. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's incredibly flavorful. And usually, as you said, it's flavor text. But when it's not, it's it reminds me a ton of uh, uh, Garrick. Uh, Garrick Apex Predator. Okay. Where they had plus one destroyed target planeswalker. Right? <laughs> and usually it was like, haha, flavor text. Like, uh, because he liked killing planeswalkers. But then it wasn't sometimes. And it's like, oh my gosh. Right. But the difference, right, between that and Bolus's is that you can build a deck so that you can take advantage of this because it copies your own Planeswalkers. Right. So if you're in a Planeswalker-heavy de deck, right, people are well aware this goes infinite with Jace Cunning Castaway, right, where you oh. go, because Jace has minus five, uh, copy it, right? So if you if you have, like, an Oath of Tefiri and you have a Jace, you get to go play Bolus, tick up to five, minus, make two. Tick up to five, both of them minus, yeah. You make infinite nickel boluses, and then you tick them all up. You exile your opponent's entire board and hand, and it's hard to see how they're going to win. Wow. Right? So we have a three-card win-the-game button in standard, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Better than two-card win-the-game buttons, um, especially when Jace is bad and Oath of Fury is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Uh, but that's just the, the static ability, right? Yeah. The other ones are also good. The plus one... Uh, so Tefiri, right? Tefiri, we've seen a lot of this plus one, draw a card. And Bolas does that, but also exiles something from your opponent. And that might seem, you know, it's fine, but not super exciting. Uh, but I think 
what's cool about this is if you play this in a control deck or like a controlling mid-range deck, your opponent's already going to be a little bit short on resources. And exiling anything, whether it be a land or it be a kind of a not super valuable card from their hand, is going to be actually impactful uh, sometimes. And, you know, you're refueling yourself at the same time. So it's a built-in two-for-one just every time you uptick it, which is sweet. Uh, if you need to get rid of something in particular, you can kill it with its minus three. Um, and then it's minus eight is the closest we've seen to just I win the game, right, <laughs> in, in on a Planeswalker emblem. So really, really sweet card uh, for standard. This could push Grixis into being more playable uh, in standard. And even in modern... Uh, Teferi we saw kind of put blue-white control onto the map, right? Jace the Mind Sculptor was unbanned. Cool. But it was Teferi, all right? The hero of Dominaria. That, and the hero of blue-white. That's right. That's right. That really pushed it into being super playable. And Bolas, honestly, like, so Grixis control in modern, it, it grinds. But, you know, it grinds via... Snapcaster, Cryptic, Colgon's commands loops and does this like really incremental advantage every turn. It just takes a long time and it's easy to interact with and it's slow. And if you're able to like control the game a little bit and then just slam Bolas on five and have him live for a turn, you're probably winning. Uh, so it's possible that Bolas could also see play in modern as the five mana uh, version of Teferi. The tricky thing with this is it would probably have to go into a deck that is different from the current configuration of Grixis because current Grixis plays multiple cryptic commands which require blue, blue, blue. And Ooh. Bolas requires black, 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 black. So, I don't know. You gotta figure something out there. Mm -hmm. But it's a really powerful card and it's it's just very... I, I, I would like to play with it. Uh, it oh, looks yeah. really good. Oh, this is gonna wreck unlimited. If you can cast it. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty stringent mana requirement. But you know, people made a did, did a surprisingly good job of casting Niv Mizzet. Yeah, but that was also like, if you were casting Niv Mizzet, you were playing just purely is it probably true, and the fixing was reasonable. Um, and we don't know. We still don't know about the fixing. It seems like we don't really have it. It seems like they're not oh. going to print any fixing. So, given that you know you kind of have to be in green if you want mana fixing, or you have to get a lot of the Hedron Archive cards that fix mm. your mana, but. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, still 100% put this in your deck unlimited if you are in these colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, next is the last of the gods from Amonkhet. We have God Eternal Oketra, which is white, white, three for a legendary zombie god. It is a three, six with double strike. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a four, four black zombie warrior token with vigilance. When Oketra got Eternal Dizer is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library through it from the top. What do you think of Oketra? Oh, yeah, the stats are the same. I was like, oh, double striking 3-6. I remember that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I think you and I were talking offline, like, she'd be much better if she had Indestructible instead of the God Clause. Yeah. Um, because he, the reason being that this feels like almost like an engine combo-y engine card, right? Where you're like, all right, let's... You know, it, it draws a lot of comparisons to um, uh, Sigil. Sigil of the Empty Throne. Yeah, where you stick it, and then you just kind of go off, right? Um, right, so the important thing about your engine is that it's it hard to remove. It sticks around. It's hard to interact with. Right. Yeah. But Oketra is not hard to interact with. Right. It and is cool. It does a powered-up version of Oketra's Monument, right? Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 one, one white warrior. Is this on cast or enter? Cast. Oh, yeah. cast. Cast, cast, cast. Interesting. So, it's a reasonable card. Uh, five mana, three, six is fine, certainly, with double strike. And, you know, if you can cast a creature, so if this lives for a turn, you're pretty happy. Or if you cast it on six with a land or else. Yeah. But it just, it feels like you really want to, like, you want to go off. And it just feels like it, it's hard to do with yeah. this card. I, I don't know. I imagine it'll probably see play in some kind of commander thing, but for standard, like I love Sigil of the Empty Throne, um, and I have a hard time imagining myself playing Oketra. Yeah, well, it's it's hard too because I'm trying to picture what kind of deck it would go in. Right, you're saying like, okay, you want to go off, so you want to be like maybe a white, maybe a white green, like go wide deck. Yeah. But then you know your history of Benalia is not turning this on. Right. 
um, March isn't March turning isn't the turning the sun. So, yeah, but I mean, but you do have a lot of one drops. I think it has to go drops, with. But they're probably already out. Like, maybe it's a different. Maybe it's a how like many a, creatures do you have to cast? I think it's a white green mid range deck. I think you what because the. Tr- Key is like when you're doing uh, enchantments, right? And you had like Mm -hmm. Sigil the Empty Throne. You couldn't just play Sigil and be like, all right, well, that's my five drop and like my hand's empty because it's turn five. Yeah. Right? So the trick was, you know, Eidolon of Blossoms, right? The true engine of the deck. Yeah. And whenever you cast enchantment, you draw a card or whatever ATB, you draw a card. So I think what you really want is you want to play this with green, white, Hwatli, which emblems really fast, right? So you emblem Hwatli, and then whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you draw a card. So now you get to go, okay, let's fill my deck with cheap creatures that in some way do something. And then you just go like, all right, Hwatli, emblem, turn four, turn five, Oketra. Then the next turn, we, maybe you have a bunch of mana dorks. And then you're just like, cast everything, draw my deck, good luck. And then, you know, it's hard for them to rebuild um, as well since you have the emblem. So then even if you tuck Oketra, you get to go draw for turn, creature, draw, creature, draw, Oketra, go. Right, right. Right, so it kind of speeds it up. Oh, also, Ashiok, flavorfully, kills all the gods. Mills four and exiles your graveyard, right? Oh. Pretty neat. Oh. And Ashiok's art shows uh, That's shows very them, interesting. Yeah, it shows Ashiok in the meditation realm, which is interesting. So Ashiok might have a role to play in the story that so we just don't know about yet. Ugin? Yeah, they hang out with Ugin. Possibly. Or Bolas, because Bolas owns the Meditation Realm currently. Oh, he does? I thought Ugin Well, Ugin was there. did, but Bolas killed him, remember? Right, but Ugin's here, so he didn't no. kill him? No, now it's, it's Bolas' Meditation Realm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah, the giant horns that you see in the Meditation Realm, they're Ugin, Ugin horns okay. left over from the corpse when Bolas killed him. Oh. Bolas kept it as, like, a trophy. Oh, cool. His brother, it's yeah. Nice. Like, twin, twin. I bet he's also like, my horns are bigger. My horns are better than Ugin's. Hmm. My horns are sharper. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my, my take on Oketra. Okay. No. Thanks for sharing. That, thank you for sharing your thoughts as well. Hooray. Oh, now we have the Dargon. I know you love Sarkon. Dargon so of all. You can take this one. Sarkon. The crazy dude. <laughs> Uh, loves dragons. Loves dragons more than he loves anything else in this whole world. Mm-hmm. He's back and he is masterless. So, red, red, three. For five loyalty, Sarkon. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, each dragon you control deals one point of damage to that creature. Mm-hmm. Dragon, 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 dragon. Until end of turn. Each planeswalker... Oh, sorry. Plus one. I didn't say... Yeah. Um, until end of turn, each planeswalker you control becomes a 4-4 dragon. Dargan. And gains flying. Dargan, Dargan, Dargan. <laughs> so Sargon becomes a dragon, but so do all your other planeswalkers. Yeah, Dargan. Including, let's say, your dragons. Like, Dargan. if you had, like, Ugin, it would become a dragon. Yeah, you could turn Nicol Bolas and Ugin into dragons. Yeah, which is... they're not. they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, minus three, create a 4-4 dragon token with flying. So either you create a whole bunch of four four dragon token uh, dragon uh, planeswalkers, or you create four four dragon tokens. Yeah. So he he, he makes dragons. dragons. He likes dragons. I I like the static actually. Like mm. it deals it to each attacking creature. Mm-hmm. So like if you have three dragons, and your opponent attacks with five creatures. Every single one of them takes three damage up front. Yeah. And presumably all your Dargons are 4-4s. Four so you also have three 4-4 four four flying Dargons yeah. to block. Though they're probably swinging. And the the thing with this is I feel like what you said, is, right, with if you have three Dragons to block, they're probably actually, are they attacking you? So it feels yeah. a little redundant. Like well, you're a little probably unnecessary. not. You're probably swinging with the Dragons, realistically. Sure. I think the point is, like, you're already winning. And, like, this doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think this is most relevant when you play Sarkon and minus three to make one four four dragon against mono white or against mono red, and oh. now their creatures also can't attack because they die. Like I think the base case of just one point is probably the most relevant for constructed, um, and I think the other thing that's relevant for constructed. So I think the play pattern is like if that's the plan you're on, you play them and tick down, and then it's going to be really hard for your opponent to win from there. They need to. Uh, kill sarkon ideally um and then the thing like the plus one is weird because if you want to play this and then recharge it right 
to make another four for dragon down the road. The natural thing is to take up planeswalkers, but now you expose him to all the creature removal, so that's a little awkward. Uh, but I feel like the other way to use this card is like the combo kill, where you just go planeswalker, planeswalker, super friends deck, and then you go Sarkon. Now you die because I have four dragons. Yeah, I guess the other risk I didn't realize in the tick up, it doesn't look like you have the option to select. No. Like, all of your Planeswalkers become dragons no matter what. Yeah, and it is a translation, but let's see. I'll start off the... Yeah, you don't have a choice. Yeah, it doesn't look like you no. have a choice. So, every Planeswalker you control becomes a dragon no matter what. So, they are killable on creature terms because yep. they are creatures. I think, though, in, in Limited, this card is just going to win the game. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to have all those planeswalkers sitting around with one one loyalty and then you get to play sarkhan and kill your opponent immediately uh, but notice sarkhan does not have haste so it can't actually attack the turn oh i did not yeah. notice that just uh just flying huh yeah. okay so yeah but uh, a cool card cool design nice that sarkhan's spreading his enthusiasm for dragons to all of his friends pretty Very classic sarkhan at least share your hobbies with your friends you know mm-hmm mm-hmm so next we have Spark Reaper. This is black two for a 2-3 zombie. Aww. It's just not a very nice Eternal. He's really hurting some human person. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Sad. Eternal, the mean zombie man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a zombie, 2-3. You can pay three mana, sacrifice a creature or planeswalker. You gain one life and draw a card. Uh, I'm pretty happy to think to play this in limited because the rate is reasonable and then in the late game it lets you dumb useless stuff and get cards especially if it's a useless planeswalker with one loyalty that you don't care about the static anymore mm -hmm. um and you know mid combat you get to you know sack blockers for standard the three mana to sack is just uh, way too expensive and it may won't see any planes yeah standard. and the three mana two three body is also not yeah really great enough for standard totally without a stellar ability so next we have Hawatley, heart of the sun so she is hybrid green white two for seven loyalty. That's a lot, three mana, seven loyalty. That's a lot. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Oh, I'm feeling like I'm, I got to be on high alert when listening to this card. Oh boy. <laughs> um, minus three, you gain life equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. All right, so this is actually just like an enchantment. This this one is the closest yeah, to an enchantment. Yeah, you're never have. gonna. I mean, no. I mean, you'll take it down. Probably, maybe. maybe. I mean, is it even worth it? Like, uh, why? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just like high alert all over again. So have fun. And it is only three, so it's the same as high alert. Yep. It just happens to have like a not that relevant ability also to have yep. done. You now have what? Hwatli plus Arcades plus high alert and standard. So have fun building your wall decks and losing with them as usual. Uh, and in, in limited, this card will be pretty good because if there's enough, you know, creatures with big butts, then this card will be as good as High Alert. And High Alert is insane if you draft that deck. Yeah. So Knight Arbiter was great in that. Yep. Senate Courier. Yep. <sighs> Some good stuff. Yeah. So evaluate hotly like you would High Alert, essentially. I yeah. think pretty much. <laughs> Uh, and it has a different, you know, upside of gaining life instead of untapping the creature. And a little bit more castable. Totally. Because Hylert required blue and white. And this requires green or white. I like it, Katie. Yeah. I like it. And uh, I think, is this our, our last card of the oh, night? Oh, no, Domri! No! Yeah, poor poor Dom. No! So, uh, oh, the flavor text? As the Eternal's cold fingers tightened around his throat... Domri, Domri realized what kind of master he had rushed to serve. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot Domri was on Bullis's side. Yeah, and then there's another card oh, which has... Oh, poor uh, Domri. He's just a kid, right? He's like 15. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's like a teen. As Spark Harvest says, the flavor text, with the harvest of Domri's spark, the Elder Spell began to fuel Bullis's ascension to godhood. Domri! So Domri does oh, get killed. No. Marrow confirmed that Spark Harvesting is lethal so by internal is lethal oh. so it does feel like either there's going to be a lot of deaths or Tafiri is going to rewind stuff and give people oh, a second chance oh don't retcon I mean I hate it's not retcon it's Tafiri just it's kind of retcon. it's a little bit but I don't know 
I, I think of retconning as like just kind of off screen changing the right. Nissa was a racist. Not anymore, but we're not going to talk about that at all. She's just not. Okay. Versus, like, here's the story. It involves time reversal. Yeah. I, I just think time reversal of is the same story you're a in. very challenging thing to do without having Cheapening the first, everything yeah, else. having yeah. the first round feel like it didn't matter. Agree. I think, yeah, there does need to be something that matters. Some permanence or something. Yeah. But people have speculated on that already with the trailer going in re- reverse right at the beginning. Trailer was we'll so see. good, you guys. Liliana, oh my gosh, she has a really soft place in my heart right now. She's murdered lots of people. She's a horrible but person. She's saved a couple of people. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Soul Diviner, black blue for a two three zombie wizard. Tap, remove a counter from an artifact creature, land, or planeswalker you control. Draw a card. So basically, remove a counter from anything mm-hmm. except yourself. Like, well, importantly, not enchantments, because otherwise you could use sagas forever. Oh. Like imagine history of Benalia, and you're just like, all right, token, 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 every turn, I'm going to get another token. Oh, now that I have 20, yep. I'll uh, let them all pump. Oh, man. Okay. All right. I see you. I see you. But really good card. I mean, this card, I think, uh, so in limited, certainly. The rate is really good, yeah. and the ability is great. And in Constructed, you get, like, playing this in... Maybe you rejiggered the deck a little bit, but playing this in, like, Sultai with Jade Light, with Merfolk Branch Walker, with Wild Growth Walker, with Hydroid Crisis, with Vivian Reed, with... I mean, it's... with Especially Hydroid Crisis, right? Where you're like, Hydroid Crisis, draw a bunch of cards, and now I'm going to draw another card every single turn. Um, it's just really strong. This is, like... You know, it in the right deck, it's not far off from just Dark Confidant, which is awesome. So, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, like I, it I don't lot. think that I would have uh, seen it for standard. Mm. I see what you're saying. I, th- I think though the Sultai deck is a little bit of a risky place for it, mm. just because the Explore creatures are not always dependable counter sources. Mm-hmm. Um, you can remove it from the land to uh kill tokens oh the blast blast uh, zone yeah oh that's interesting yeah. too yeah but what but you're I, saying is important it might be that if you like you test this card a little bit and you find that well i just can't activate it enough and it, you for this card to be good you cannot just draw one card that is not good enough you need to use this to merit playing a two mana two three that does nothing you need to be able to draw a card every turn pretty much. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, your explore creatures don't get that many counters. And usually, when you pay three mana for the 2-1 two, two Jade Light, I mean, you got two lands, but you're usually pretty bummed. I mean, if you really need the lands, you're not. But I'm usually pretty bummed because a 2-1 yeah, is not It great. doesn't help when you're, like, if you're drawing two lands off Jade Light, unless... Presume most of the time that's not what you want, right? You want right. to actually have some ability to fix your draws, particularly in the late game. So if you're drawing two lands off Jade Light, you're behind, and Soul Diviner does not help to get you ahead. Whereas if you're ahead, because now you're fixing your draws, or not ahead, but like you're you're yeah. advantage, you're getting some good advantage. Um, Soul Diviner just pulls you further ahead. So you really need to be able to do this pretty consistently. You might just want it in like a Super Friends deck where you can just draw cards, a ton of cards every turn. Um, yeah. I was mostly just thinking, like, I think this would be great in Limited because all of your static planeswalkers sticking mm-hmm. around, if you don't care about the static anymore, and you take mass. off their last counter. Yep, a mass. Really important. Yeah, you can take the counters off. You can even just, like, kill the token if you want a yeah. fresh token. For, for Hwatli, I mean, this is, the colors don't really work, but, like, Hwatli, who you're never going to use the tick down, that's mm-hmm. just seven activations. Sure. Yeah, I think actually the amass interaction... It just makes all of your amass cards so much better. And if they kill your amass thing, you just get to tap and draw a card in response. Like, it's pretty solid. So I love it in limited. And it might not be good enough for standard. You're right. You've kind of convinced me that it might not be ideal for standard. I I think it really needs the specific deck to draw a card, like, every single turn. Yeah. Like, the kind of... Well, it's interesting because I was thinking, Erica, it's like, the counters deck, the most recent counters deck that was very good was Snake. Snake. I don't think... I don't know that I'd have played this in snake but snake was also in most of its iterations a much more aggressive deck too yeah but that's why because i'm like you don't want to take away the counters but you're right like because you weren't trying to grind yeah but i think i could see bringing this in if i was playing snake i could sideboard this in for the mirror maybe 
Um, yeah. But it's weird because then you're like, well, if I make my stuff smaller. But then smaller, my stuff is smaller, eh. so now I'm not at parity. Yeah. Yeah, I, like that's the thing is like taking off counters from the easiest resource to take counters from, which is creatures. Like if you're in a deck that is consistently making counters and that is part of your plan, like removing the counters matters. Yeah, it's actually a, a cost. It is a cost. Yeah. It's true. So I, I don't. I don't really think, I can't imagine a standard deck that would want this. Well, yeah. I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, and that's all the cards we have for today. Woo! So good job. We worked through, through quite a number. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow with even more spoilers from War of the Spark for the last week of spoiler season. Uh, thank you to sign up for pre-release. Yeah, sign up for pre-release if you haven't done that yet. Absolutely. And watch the trailer. I'm, most people have probably done that, but I'm sure. Yeah, a but couple you can have watch not. it again. It's very good. Sure, Katie likes to watch it. I've frequently. watched it a couple times. Yeah, uh, those five million views. Yeah, a lot of those are Katie. <laughs> so, thanks again to our sponsors, uh, New England Comics. You can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge and to Flipside Gaming. You can find it at flipsidegaming.com. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie, and this is spoiler, spoiler season. season.